Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 716 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live Special Edition. I'm joined today by Ben Funky Askren, the recovered and showered Ben Askren. He's got his hair down. We're going to watch it poof up as the show goes. We got David Bray. And most importantly, we've got the man of the hour. Number one, Jesse Mendez is here. The decision so many college fans and wrestling fans have been waiting for. Jesse's going to come on here and announce his, his college decision. But first, let's check in with the man. Jesse, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Heck yeah, man. Um, so it's been a little time since we've seen you compete. You were competing basically once a week at a national or international <laughs> level, it seemed. there. How's it been being off the mat for a little bit? Uh, it's been good. Taking some time to recover. Started getting wrestling live about two weeks ago. So training's going good. Just getting back to 100%. Nice. Have you uh, thought about what weight you might wrestle at this for your scholastic season? Uh, kind of wherever they need me. Either probably 138 or 145. Nice. Nice. So uh, you've been going You've been going through this recruiting process, um, taking five, I guess, official visits. How has that been? Had, did you enjoy that process? Was it stressful? Um, yeah, kind of take us through that a little bit. Yeah, stressful, stressful for sure. But it was uh it was good getting to meet all the coaches, getting to know everybody personally, getting to see the way each wrestler lives their lifestyle. And I wanna thank each coach that recruited me throughout the process. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, you know what? We'll I'll ask you more questions later. I don't wanna wait anymore. I don't think anyone else yeah. wants to wait. No, I don't think Jesse wants to wait. So why don't we just get it out of the way? Jesse, take it away. Decided to uh announce my rec- Commitment to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow. Wow. Ohio State. Coach Tom Ryan, Jaggers, Bo Jordan. There it is. Massive. Going to be a Buckeye. Jesse. All right. I didn't know. You know, I I had no idea where you were going. We we all had guesses. We had theories. Um, But Ohio State's the choice. Uh, what went into it for you? What was the difference maker? Because that, that list, you had, you couldn't go wrong with any of those schools, right? A lot of great schools, great coaches. What was it that separated Ohio State? I mean, they're building something special. They're starting a dynasty, and I, I have faith in all the wrestlers and the coaches, and I know they're going to bring me to the level I want to be at. When did you know? I mean, it's uh, and I guess one thing I'm always curious about for for the elite recruits. You start your recruiting process probably a year or two years ago where you start thinking about where you might want to wrestle. How did the, maybe the, we'll call them the standings change or not change as you went through the recruiting process and thought more about it? Was it something where Ohio State was always towards the top? Was it something where, you know, for a while it was one school, then another school and it changed late? How was it for you? Yeah, I mean, from a kid, I mean, I grew up watching Logan win his four NCAA titles, so it's going to be cool getting to wrestle under him. And, you know, it was, it came down to a close decision, but I mean, Ohio state was at the top for the most part. So what, um, when did you know for sure it was going to be Ohio state? Probably about three nights ago. Really? I sat down with my family and, you know, really hashed it out, tried to figure out what would be the best fit for me. And, you know, it just came down to like RTC and that recruiting class. I mean, this might be the best recruiting class ever. So, I mean, I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, David, give a little bit of context about the the class that Ohio State's bringing in. Well, they have number one, Jesse Mendez. 
they have number two, Nick Feldman. They have number three, Nick Buzakis. Uh, and, and that's just the top three. I mean, Whoa. the top three recruits in the class 2022, I would say <laughs> qualifies as maybe the best recruiting class that's- in history. There's also Seth Shoemake coming in, Gavin Brown. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, amazing. So you're going to have, um, you know, with, with your class, you're going to have someone like Nick Buzakis, someone you can potentially be trained beside throughout your college career. But who are some of the other guys you're excited to train uh, alongside? Man, Patty. Patty's got the same mentality as me. He wants to win in everything he does and be the most dominant. Andre Gonzalez, Karchla. I mean, everybody on that team's a killer, and I'm, I'm excited to get in the room. Did you get to – I don't know how rec- the, the process works exactly, but when you go on a visit, do you get to wrestle with any of the guys, or have you been able to like tra- wrestle with someone like Sammy Sasso, who's a uh, national champion contender around your weight? There's a bunch of weird rules where you can't, so for the most part, no. Got it. Got it. Um, how was how tough was yesterday? Because the you know you form some relationships with the coaches and whatever, and then you don't end up going there. How was it making those phone calls to say, "Hey, coach, I'm actually not coming to your school." Man, those those calls suck because I mean, you form such a like a good relationship with these coaches, and then have to tell them you're not going to their their program. It it sucks, but I mean, everybody was really cool about it. They wished me best of luck. So I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, man, that's amazing. Um, what was what was maybe the most surprising aspect of the recruiting process for you? Um, how heavy partners would be. I thought in a program everybody's gonna have partners, but I mean, there's some places with better partners, and I mean, there's a lot of aspects that go into it. So I mean, there's so many aspects that I had to weigh on to make the decision. So that's that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, you know. Nick Buzakis, that's a guy that that people have have they've compared the two of you for a long time. People have, man wanted to see that match. Uh, you guys are both excellent, do a whole lot of winning. Uh, how much were you having conversations with Nick during the recruiting process, or or thinking about him as a potential partner for the next four plus years? Yeah, so uh, me and Nick were actually on the same visit at Ohio State. So I mean, we talked a little bit then, but not too much after. But I mean. I always kept in the back of my mind that if if Nick went to Ohio State, it's going to be hard hard to push that away. How much have you have you gotten your hands on him at all in in the room or in any training camps? So we've trained at a couple of camps, and, and man, he's got he's got a good feel, and he's I know he's going to help me get better. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Nick Feldman too, part of the, part of that class. You guys are the top three in the class of twenty twenty two. A guy that's got a, a magnetic personality. Um, Seems like a, somebody that people are drawn to. Obviously, probably not going to be a training partner too often, but uh, but talk about Nick and, and his role in, in maybe helping you think about being part of what's going on there. Man, it's, it's just awesome. He's he's a hammer. I mean, there's nobody that works like him. He's I've never seen a big guy move like that. So, I mean, I'm excited. Excited to be on the same team as him, train with him every day. It's going to be fun. Man, well, this is uh, it's it's great. It's been. I don't know if you have anything for for Jesse, or you look kind of frozen right now. Actually, he oh. may be. Uh, uh, we lost I've, Ben to illness last time. Are you back? Yeah. Uh, not really. Ben's having uh, Ben's having some health, some internet problems. Maybe not health problems. Um, Jesse, what? Maybe give us a sense. What's what's kind of next for you? Um, I, I have a couple questions about the next maybe year and change. One. Um, what, what are your goals 
through the scholastic season and then world team wise where are you trying to where are you trying to go i know you have senior level aspirations coming um at some point and we're seeing more and more guys younger and younger able to have that impact so just kind of how you see your, your career playing out over this next year or so yeah so uh i want to go through this this season win my four state title big stepping stone and the goals i've set for myself and I want to make that junior team. I want to make that U23 team. And then I want to take my shot at that that senior team. Awesome. And, and what weight do you kind of envision yourself long-term? Uh, I think it'll be a 41 in college those first first couple of years. And I, awesome. I, I want to be a 65 kilo. Nice. And for, for the next year, how much talk is there about yeah, you'll redshirt or yeah, you'll go right away or we'll, we'll wait and see. Is there... Is there a preference you have? Is there a preference the staff has? Is there how how's that conversation been? Just kind of whatever we think would be best for me and the team. I mean, I think I think I'm ready to come in as a freshman and you know scrub, ready to get it done. Awesome, man. So Jesse, I know that that this summer you had some pretty big goals. Um, you know, you made that junior team. We're close to making the U23 team when you had that injury, and and you you really really wanted to compete at the senior trials. Unfortunately, the last chance didn't didn't allow you to do that. Um, you know you didn't get the opportunity. It was kind of a weird year in terms of what qualified someone for the trials and what didn't. Where do you, where do you see yourself currently on the senior level? Um, you would have been at, at 61 kilos. Where do you think you would have stacked up against against the best guys in the U.S.? Yeah, it's super unfortunate they wouldn't let me wrestle, but. Um... You know, I think I think I could scrap with them. I think I think what I've done really well. I think I have the mentality that I mean, it doesn't matter who you put in front of me. I'm going to scrap and I'm going to wrestle to the last buzzer. Um, what what did you learn from your from your junior worlds experience, Jesse? Parterre, Parterre's going to win you matches. I think there's this statistic that's like ninety percent of matches. If they can get a turn on top, they're going to win the match. So I mean, having good Parterre defense and being able to turn somebody is going to be huge. Was it something where, okay, you go into junior worlds, you think I'm, I'm pretty good parterre. I'm solid there. And then like, it was, was it sort of eye opening? Like, Oh my gosh, I just got turned. I can't ever remember getting turned like this. Was, was that sort of like a, an aha kind of moment there? Or did you know going in like, yeah, I may, I may not be quite ready in this particular area. Yeah. I thought going in, I was ready, but I mean, they give a different feel than Americans. They, they know the tricks. I mean, all they wrestle is freestyle, so they're gonna have a couple tricks that we don't have. But I mean, next time I'm going in, I'm gonna be ready. Heck yeah! And it was it was your you're a first year junior, right? Yeah. Dang, awesome man. Um, man, Jesse, I I am so pumped for for your decision. I'm excited for you. Obviously, the the energy around Ohio State has to be insane with number one, two, and three of the class coming in. Um. Man, I can't remember the last time we've seen something like that in, in wrestling. Um, I w- want to give you the last word. Anything else before before we let you go? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody that's helped me get to this point. There's a lot of people that put faith in me. And I uh, just want to thank my coaches all over at Region, my high school coaches, my family. Of course, they've helped me get to where I'm at. And um, I'm just really th- grateful for the people in my life. Awesome. Well, we're, uh, we love watching you wrestle. We're excited for you. Can't wait to see what you do in the future. And, and congrats on the decision. And enjoy today. Thank you. Appreciate right. you guys having me on. Of course, Jesse. Have a good day. See ya. See you, Jesse. Go on. You too. There it is. Holy cow. I, like, you know, 
over the summer, you heard talks about could Ohio State put together mega class? Like they've got, you know, they, they had Feldman and Shoemate, a couple really solid upperweight yeah. guys locked in for, for a while. Uh, and then they were in the sweepstakes for, for Mendez and Buzakis and, and, you know, heard that like Mendez and Buzakis had some goes in the room. Yeah. They really liked the feel. They really liked training uh, together. Training together, and they you know they could see each other feel fueling fueling their their next few years. Uh, I, I'm I'm almost speechless. I mean, the top three recruits in the class like that is basically unprecedented. Um, and th- these are two guys like I I love Jesse Mendez as a prospect. Nick yeah. Buzakis is a great prospect. The two of them together, yeah. side by side, like not just the goes in the room, but the conversations they're going to have about goals, the, the the ways that they're going to push each other um, in the you know competing with each other. Who's going to be the first to win the NCAA title? Who's going to get the most? Who's going to do all that? like? I like I like each guy better as a prospect that's because they're together. And you know the the culture impact of someone like Jesse, Nick, Nick, uh, and Nick. I mean that's going to be huge because those are those are guys who are I, I think they have real maturity, positive wrestlers. They love wrestling to go along with Patty, to go along with Sammy and the other hammers they have in there. It's gonna it's gonna be it's huge. And the last time I remember in twenty I can't even remember the class. I guess it was twenty sixteen. Penn State had one and two with Mark Hall and Nick Suriano, but I can't ever remember a top three. Um, so it's it's certainly unprecedented. And the the three guys like the, the the biggest thing they can do to help bring more recruits to Ohio State is just win a whole bunch of wrestling matches. But personality, those kinds of things are important. And and they have a real balance of personalities on that team that you don't often see. Mendez is, I mean, he's ultimate competitor, super intense. Just, you know, you talk to him, you get fired up. Then you got Feldman who like never stops smiling. He only like, smiles. He only smiles. Like he, he like people are dislocated are drawn finger to him. smile. <laughs> yeah, people are so drawn to him as a as just a, a presence and just a really positive guy. And then and then you got Buzakis as well. I mean, it's, it's a it's it's a group of three that is is going to be program changing for what's happening at Ohio State. And just what the doctor ordered for Ohio State. You know, they're not a team that's going to contend for a title this year, and that's something that had been the norm for them. They've been in the mix for kind of year after year for a little while there. And now, you know, it's it's quite a it's quite a resurgence for them to get back. It hadn't been long, but, you know, the the years in between were I'm sure pretty difficult and now you've got this infusion of, of real, real talent coming in. Um so is 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 Tom Ryan done? See he's gotta be Oh, you know what I I my one mistake, one thing I wanted to ask uh Jesse was like the impact of NIL. That's a totally uncharted thing for a recruit to deal with. And I don't know how much, I mean, I don't think it can be really a part of the pitch at all, but it's obviously an impact um, in your decision making. And yeah, I want to, maybe we can follow up with Jesse about that another time. Cause I'd, I'd be curious to know. Cause uh, listen, the, the, the conversations, not with recruits, but with coaches around recruits are like, uh, a coach told me yesterday or two days ago, uh, a kid chose us and there was an $85,000 quote NIL deal from like an RTC or something like that. that mm-hmm. they, they chose their program over. And this is apparently sort of a norm within college wrestling recruiting now. And I don't know what, what all that means, but it's certainly uncharted territory for, for recruits and coaches and programs and, um, I'm, I'm curious to learn more about it for sure. Yeah, I am too. It's, I mean, that topic is is one that has become really divisive 
but it's a topic that a lot of people don't seem to know that much about. And so, um, it, you know, it's it's surprising kind of that it is divisive. Like this is the thing that, that people have wanted for a long time is for athletes to be able to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. But now that it's, part, you know, part of a recruiting pitch, now that it's, you know, part of what maybe bringing a, a student athlete to a program, people are really resistant. So, I, you know, I, I think it's a topic we just don't know yeah. enough about. Um, but, but man, a guy like Jesse Mendez is going to make – NIL money and should yeah. make NIL money. Um, and, and a lot of these big recruits are in the same boat. I, I'm curious to see how that plays out for sure. Yeah. You yeah, guys no hear problem. me? Yeah, man. Chili Ben Askren in the outdoors. What's up, buddy? Some, not that my son's crazy, so I came outside, so I'd have some peace of quiet. I have no idea what's going on on the internet. Are we talking about NIL money? Because I was going to ask Jesse Mendez why he didn't hit me up on my offer. What was your offer? He didn't even call. I didn't get to make one. <laughs> oh, what? Well, <laughs> you were offering what? Missouri. What were you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prominent booster, Ben Askren. Booster Ben, they Absolutely. call you. What'd well, you think? I actually have a real business where I could actually give people real NIL money, and it would actually make sense, and then say I wouldn't be able to do shit about it. It sounds like they're yeah. not going to be able to do much about much. Uh, in in list, talking with other coaches, they're like, they're, the, they're basically not going to police bad deals, is the words I, I was told. Not that it really? Be, not that you would make a bad deal, Ben. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it would be hard to recoup money, say, if I paid him X amount a year to come up and do, like, two camps. It would be hard to probably recoup that money. But, hey, if we get Mizzou winning, we get Mizzou winning. That's how we're doing it, baby. That's right. Uh, so what what are your thoughts? Uh-huh. He's going to Ohio State. Um, you were, uh, you know, out of out of the picture for a second there. Were, were you surprised? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, no, I thought that would made a lot of sense for him. Um, being that he's so close there and there's connections. I did not realize the number one, the number two, and the number three thing. That's pretty That's pretty freaking crazy. Um, I know Penn State had that one class a few years back. They had, what, they had three in the top ten pound per pound? Is that what yeah. it was? They had number one and two, Mark Hall and Nick Suriano. I forget the order there. And Mason Vanville was actually like six that year. Yeah, that year. And then wasn't there another year, the, the Verclearing year, didn't they have a whole bunch that were really high? Yes, that was uh, – I don't think it, that was that year, maybe a year later. But, yeah, they had a stack okay. class. That was the one with Beard, Reclearing. Oh, who else was in that class? Very good class. You guys yes. should maybe do the best uh, best recruiting rankings – or best recruiting classes of all time. That would be very fascinating. And, and obviously, from not from the perspective of how did they do, but for, from the perspective of when they were in high school seniors, what did it appear that was going to happen? The, the Arizona, I remember the first class that, I mean, the, the Arizona State one, Zeke's first class was insane because he had Zahid, Zahid, Shields, Maruka. Um, and I Doubled think, Zahid? Zahid, Zahid Anthony, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I should have said Valencia, Valencia. I said yeah, Zahid, that was Zahid. a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good, really good class. And yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but I feel like this is a class that's going to, I mean, I feel as confident in Jesse as any recruit. I think Feldman's going to absolutely work, and Nuke Buzakis just wins basically every tournament he enters. And, you know, like Ohio State last year wasn't wasn't a trophy team. You know, they, they it was it was one of those years, and they they were hampered a little bit by injury, no Karchla, things like yeah. that. Um, but but you know, they kind of fall down in how and how you think about 
what they're going to do, where, where their program is. But then when they get a class like this, all of a sudden, a lot of the other really important things around that program, the new facility, the not only a training facility, but a competition facility, all that stuff, like it gets the, the spotlight on that stuff gets a little brighter. And it's like, oh, yeah, they also have all of these other recruiting advantages. Um, and, and now that they got these guys in place, it's like this class of 2023, that's that's right on the heels of 2022. It's like, man, what can they do there? Like who, who is going to be, how can they, how, how do they have any money left? I don't yeah, know. It's a good question. Yeah. They might. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, they're probably set for a little bit. Yeah. Probably. No, but that's, um, I mean, I feel like those guys, all three of them, and I, I, I don't know what uh, Ohio state's lineup will say, throw a comment on it, but I feel like all three of those guys are guys who could come in and wrestle year one. The, yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they could, and that'll be – it'll be a real temptation for for all of them to, hey, do we use all these guys right away or do we, you know, give them a year and send out everyone? Because Orndorff, I think this is his last year at Heavy, mm-hmm. and there's really no one yep. behind him. Um, at 41, it's kind of a – you know, they've got they've got a lot of guys, but they don't really have a Jesse Mendez there. 33, they could use Buzakis – Today. It's kind of crazy because uh, at least two of the three guys there had, I don't want to say Mendez type hype, but they were, uh, I mean, Edgemendi had a lot of hype, obviously. Decatur was a top couple guy. I don't know if he, he, yeah. he was definitely number one for at least a little bit. Um, and D'Amelio ended up being pretty high too. So there was, um, man, you know, they obviously didn't pan out, so but they were kind of on that level going into the college program. Well, we'll see, right? I mean, they're still we'll see. Sort, they're still sort of young, right? Um, Lots of eligibility left, yeah. So my gut, my gut tells me there's a a good chance they use all three of those guys next year, and and here's why. Um, in in an interview with Nick Buzakis uh, from Wyoming Sim when I was when I was over there in the fall, he said that that when he was looking at his his college process one of the considerations was potentially getting to a campus in in january um you know setting foot on campus starting to train in the college room i don't know that he's going to do that oh, but wow. it's some, something he's thinking about we're going to see nick feldman in a college open this weekend he's gonna be the clarion open so he's already starting to test the college waters we've seen jesse mendez beat ncaa all americans at u23 trials um all those guys have already got their hands on or will are about to, you know, get their hands on college level guys in competition. So I think, I think there's a, a really good chance that they do go. It's not a guarantee, but for sure they're exploring that option. Yeah. I'm wondering if we see, um, I wonder if we see Mendez uh, try his hand at Midlands. I know that was definitely discussed. I don't know if he will, but that'd be huge. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking, Christian, and uh, maybe you guys, it feels like, um, <clears throat> We're talking Olympic weights, that, and that's something that they think about. Mendez and Buzakis are likely both going to be 65 kg guys. Maybe Buzakis goes Greco or something to that effect. But, um, you know, if they're really looking that far down the road, I feel like that could be an issue, or maybe they're thinking, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, you know, U20, 2900 teams, 2300 teams, and senior level teams, they're going to be competing for those spots. Yes. I, I, yeah, I think Buzakis could be a 61 in non-Olympic years. I think that's a really good, potentially a really good weight for him. Mendez is, to me, has the perfect frame to grow into 65 and to be a long-term 65 kilo guy. Um, he's, yeah. he, you know, he keeps his he keeps his weight like pretty lean, but he also he, you know, he made 61 kilos without too much trouble for Junior Worlds. But he's been competing up at 138. 
I, he's got a frame to build on. Um, I, yeah, I like oh. I like him as a 65. So do you guys term. think that's like something they thought about, or what, what do you guys think they thought about that? Because that was the question. I was, if there was a question I was going to ask him, that was going to be it. What if he would wrestle? Which, which no, no, no. Like, did they did that? Were they considering like that far down the road? Was he right? Was he thinking, hey, this is someone I'm going to have to beat to make this spot on the team, or is that just like, hey, that's a bridge I'll cross when I get there? I don't know. I know they are definitely thinking senior level when they're making this decision, for sure. That's like an absolute consideration for, for a lot of these guys. For sure. Man. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't know. Obviously, we had no idea where he was going. I had a final guess that was not where he ended up going. You were yeah. wrong, Christian. I was wrong. That's why I was like, yeah, I didn't know. Um I think his dad kind of threw me off the scent, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up. But he said something that made me think it was something else, but maybe I read too much into it. Who knows? But uh, uh-huh. all, all along, I kind of thought Ohio State was in the mix and maybe even a leader for um, a good amount of yeah. that time. But things can change, and you look at the, the programs you, you're choosing against. It's like the pitch is so evident. For, for all those schools, so you could you could understand. Well, I get why he would go to Iowa. I get why he would go to Penn State. I get why he would go to Michigan. Yep. I get why he would want to stay in Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. every decision sort of made sense in in a lot of different ways. How how is Penn State's twenty twenty two class? Let me David. take a look here. Penn State Levi Haynes probably as well. That's it right now. He's the he's the is big it? one. Yeah. Um. He's the big one right now, but it, you know it's a it's a it's a team that still has yeah a lot of you know a lot of miles on the tires that the current team so um, they're yeah they, they don't need a whole lot of pieces right now uh, they're still in the in the running for T J Stewart who hasn't committed yet um, you know that that could happen but uh, right now it's Levi Haynes and T J T J they thinks an eighty four mm-hmm. so maybe someone to once Brooks moves up to go. Go in there. Yeah, could be. There's, you know, Brooks I mean, there, still has three more years eligibility. Yeah, but I think I right. think he's I think he moves up eventually. Yeah, yeah. you wonder if Starachi moves up eventually too. Yeah. Um, so he, who knows? Starachi <laughs> is not small. They're gonna have options, but but uh, if they did, you know, want somebody to fill the 84 spot, T.J. Stewart could be the guy potentially. Um, who knows? We'll see. He. I have a feeling his decision is coming soon as well. Okay. That'll be interesting. Um, well, man, exciting stuff. Really appreciative that, uh, that Jesse would share that with us. And uh, yeah, so TJ, the the last big uh, big domino to fall for this class, right? There's still a couple more. Um, TJ Stewart's the next big one. Emilio Isagere after that. Oh yeah, uh, he's a guy that I think still has a ton of upside. Where was he? He um, was just at Cornell. I think. He, yep, he was at Cornell. He's been he's been kind of all over. I know he must have really good grades because because a uh, number of really good academic institutions are are after him. But but I think he's posted photos of uh, I think a visit to Iowa State. He's been to a lot of different places. Yeah, and, and, uh, definitely Iowa State. I saw that as well. Is Arizona State in on him? Yeah, Arizona State. I, I know they're. I mean, they might. I would assume that they're talking to him, but. A lot of people are still talking to him. I think he's yeah. kind of keeping his options open, and um, 
he's going to be one of the first big valiant prep guys to to go on and and uh, and do big things. The Lar- the older Larkin brother is already committed to Arizona State, so um, mm-hmm. so they've got him. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Isagiri is definitely considering Arizona State. So Ben, what's the progress for the uh, the high school you're going to open? Is it getting closer? Um, no, actually, one of a uh, one of the wrestling parents who's um, he was a high school wrestling coach. He's also an administrator. So as soon as I got back from talking with Eric Larkin, I said, "Hey, man." Why don't we do some digging here? So uh, I have no less than in my um, club parents who also have some of the wrestling ties. I have no less than six teachers. So I think we can put this together. Yeah. Um, I talked to Max about it on the phone a couple of days ago. I think it's a great idea. Larkin, Larkin's a genius. Killed it. Hey, I had a conversation at Super 32 with someone who's who's done a lot of asking and, and exploring the Valiant Prep uh, situation. Literally every student at that school is a wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every student at the school. Sounds like a yeah. dream. My man, Andre Morgan hit me up the other day. Cause I, we talked about Andre Morgan. Cause I was like, wait, 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 Andre Morgan's from Chicago. How the hell is he teaching in Arizona? And I guess he said, um, he retired, he retired and he went, moved down there just for retirement and they hit him up. And, uh, sure enough, they lured him back in to teach. And he said, there's 80 kids, the goal is to get to, I think, 125 maybe is the cap on it or something like that. And then um, they all wrestle. It's not all male. I, I think he said 15 to 20% female is what I think he said. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a genius idea. I'm really uh, – Max and I, are, we are seriously talking about it. I would be surprised if we didn't execute on something in, I don't know, say two to three years because it's not going to be an overnight thing. Dang. From what I hear too, it's. I was kidding. From, from what I hear too, it's not. I'm it's, not kidding. I know. <laughs> it's it's not uh, it's not a like f- fake school in the sense that like their kids like perform academically. Their you know their test scores are good. Yeah. They really they really do emphasize academics at a high level, but they also structure the school day so that like the school day. They condense it. It's over uh, by like 1.30 in the afternoon and they have a practice at like from like 1.30 to 3. And then a lot of the kids are getting in a club workout at, at Thoroughbred or somewhere else. Um, and then like those Eloy boys, they have a training facility that's, you know, pretty, pretty rough, but, you know, thrown together kind of a thing. But they're getting practices in at night. Uh, so it's a, it's a cool situation. It's, they do it, you know, the schedule I think is structured a little bit more like a college schedule where it's like, get what you need out of class and then do a lot of your other work on your own. Um, well, they yeah. said, they said that what I heard was, uh, what they told me was seven thirty to 3 PM and it, within that time window, you have a lifting, a lifting class, which gives you a school credit and a wrestling class, which gives you a school credit. So that's pretty tremendous, um, that, that they figured that out. And, you know, I, I don't um, what's how I say this? Like the school system as it currently stands, public schools are relatively inefficient, in my opinion. So the notion that you could uh, make it more efficient, and make it really well run, is uh, I love it. It's great. I mean, this school, yeah, our, our school system is built. I mean, I don't want to get on a t- tangent too much, yeah, but I guess like I will. But like Department of Education. No, here. it's it was it's built on a on a like Victorian England like model of like you know the the get them Bray. It, it's it's built it's built on the industrial revolution where where you had yeah. you you needed you needed workers. Who, he ain't wrong, Christian. Stop this is what you needed. Man. This is what you needed. You needed workers who who could read, write, and do math. And by read, I mean like like actually were like just literate. Like had to, had the ability to yeah. read. 
And then write, I don't mean like write, you know, creatively or write, you know, convincing arguments. It was like write legible penmanship and then basic math because you had you had all these jobs coming in where people just needed to be like plug and play workers and you know become like a cog in a machine. And it was it was not yeah. like a it was not taking advantage of people. It was good at the time because otherwise before that it was like you didn't have jobs. So it was good at the yeah. time. Now we've grown way past that. Those those yeah. things that you're you know that, that are like the skills that you were picking up pre you know, 1900 are not yes. as valuable as they are anymore. So and, and there's a whole bunch is, of things that, that we should, that our youth should be learning that they're probably not in school. That's true. Yeah, that's yes. true. All right. Like wrestling. Wrestling. They, they learn too much about the industrial <laughs> yes! revolution, frankly. <laughs> I love right. it. Yeah. Okay. That was education hour. That was, that was a department of education. <laughs> Uh, you're looking at two. You're looking at two uh, Iowa boosters, David and I, and yes. also um, former educators. That's right. Who gave hey, you guys up. want a job to ask for prep? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I I, I want Caleb. He's a fourth grader. We could have that up and running by the time he's in high school. Perfect. He's there. He's there. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm running the room. You know, that's but that goes without saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's so funny. I still uh, can't get over the science teacher choosing neutral. It's great. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Um, next up. We, well, hey, quick thing. The top 100, the, the season, the series premiere Thursday, which is Mark Bader's birthday. He claims he turns nice, 38. Mark Bader. I don't think that's true. But I think Mark's 42, 41 or 42. It's one of those, I, I think. It's one of those. I should probably know, but I don't really care. But yeah, not Old 38. Happy Happy Bader Day. But yeah, 100 through 91 will be uh, debuted this this coming Thursday. So we are excited about that. Right. And um, yeah, we'll see. Will Ben Will Ben be on there? Will Ben be in the top 100? We will see. I don't know. Oh my goodness. There's only one way to find uh, man, out. Man, that should be a fun list. But the problem about this list is, especially on the top portion, it's evolving so fast. This team, I mean, we just talked about, shoot, before before the pre-Olympics 2020 or 2021, and then after Worlds 2021, you probably got some changes. That absolutely happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was something after, I mean... We, we could probably talk about it. Well, maybe. I don't know. The one guy that made maybe. from the Olympics to now who went from probably off the list to we can just say. To who knows oh, how high. Yeah. To new, who knows how well, high. Gilman. Yeah. Gilman. Gilman. Gilman was not on the list. He was not a top 100 uh, pr prior. And then in like four months, squarely. What, yeah, what we were talking, one of our, one of the guys that works in the jiu-jitsu site, he's like, he likes wrestling. Um, wrestling fan and he's like he was looking at Gilman after Worlds he's like wait so he has almost the same exact credentials as Terry Brands <laughs> they were like wait no that can't be right actually yeah pretty close international well, wise international, international. Terry, Terry had three NCAA titles correct two two so yeah not the same but like international okay. wise it's like yeah. Gilman goes from a, a one time medalist to now he's a world champ he's an Olympic bronze medalist and a world silver medalist it's like dude that's completely yeah. different guy yeah, so yeah. there, there were a ton of changes. Down, I'm not trying to bring Terry Brands down, but the other thing, Terry, Terry and Tom 
Uh, and they stopped competing in 96. And then Terry did compete again in the year 2000 when she won an Olympic bronze. But um, obviously, if Terry and Tom would have continued, and this is like this difference in eras, right? Mm-hmm. Because for a while, there was very, because of the lack of money, there was very few people continue to wrestle for a while. And now, you know, Gilman is going to go for, you know, eight year international career, nine years. And, and a lot, a lot of these guys are longer, you know, Bur- Burroughs is going to have My probably gosh. a minimum of 13 year international career. Like the amount of guys that did that between 96 and we'll say 2012 is prob- probably zero. There's probably nobody who had that long of a career. So the, the length of career is obviously would increase the metal count and stuff. So man, the, the difference between eras is a really nuanced discussion. That's It's kind of fun to have, actually. And really think about how many, so many of our guys are going to have, especially our, our elite elite guys, are going to have 10 years under their belt senior level. Like Dake. That's what I'm saying. Dake for sure. David Taylor for sure. Kyle Snyder is going to sure. wrestle till he can't. Um, Jaden Cox, we hope. You know, I'm sure he's, yep. he's through 24, no doubt, and then probably beyond that. So we're talking – Eight to ten years is a minimum for a lot of our elite guys. Gilman's been at it, you know, since really 17s when he – that's when he broke on. But that's, yeah. also he wasn't entering like senior trials before then. Yeah, that's, and if you think about – if you think about my era, like Daniel Cormier had a six-year international career, and that was like he was the grandpa on the team. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that was a freaking really long time. Like that just – it just wasn't happening. And I, I'm, I'm – I, well, I know. It was because of the lack of money where people would – move on to coaching or move on to MMA at some point. Um, and now, now they're lengthening these careers. So it's, it's, it, I mean, I think it's great. It's really obviously super beneficial for American wrestling. Um, but it does lead you to the discussion of, well, who was really better, you know, uh, because if Terry Brand, Terry and Tom Brands would have stuck around till 2004, how many more world medals would they have won? That's a really interesting point. I, you know, you, you hear the the conversation about eras, and it's usually like, well, you know, there are more Soviet wrestlers now, so it's tougher. There are more, yep. but but it's a great point that like that you know, there's also the advantage that these guys can make money wrestling, and so when a coaching job comes up, they don't have to grab it at 25 or or 26 or 27 like they did then. It's like you know, if 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 John Smith doesn't take the head coaching job when he does, when's the next time it uh, it comes along at Oklahoma State? You know, yeah. Real, because yeah, his really international was only six years. Also, right? He won all six. Yeah, yeah. very a very efficient six years, <laughs> I might add. Yeah, <laughs> uh, only six years, but I will win everything. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's fun talking about the. You know what? Be uh. Listen, this is this is me trying to put. You guys have a statistics department, right? Because it's trying to meet. I love statistics, so this is me trying to put your statistics department to work. It would be really funny to see, like, just by era, what the average length of an international career is. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'll get the department yeah. right on that. Who's the department head well, of the statistics department, David? I think it's Sion. I think Sion. Yeah, Sion's head of stats. Because <laughs> the way you could do it, the way you could do it would be just uh, a really a really simple metric would be who who is the team member? How many years did they compete internationally post-collegiate? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, do the average of that. I mean, that's a really simple, simple way to do it. Probably not, not the best, but it would get the job done. And it would, it would probably draw the graph that we wanted it to draw. Like how long was Gables? Three years? One, one and a half. Two, one and a half oh, years. Yeah. He won worlds. 70 or 71. He was done by 72. But 
then well kale kale graduated in 2002 and was done by 2004 mm-hmm. so yeah mostly well you'd add, you would add one year that he came back so he you know his would be two and a half years yeah that's huge um what's what's gable stevenson's negative negative one year he's like he's like <laughs> hasn't one. hasn't graduated from college yet yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. So these guys that are making teams, Kyle Snyder in college, Kyle Snyder, because yeah, cause freshman that, year, that metric, true freshman year. Yeah, by that metric, Kyle Snyder is only in his like third year, or is that oh, right? No, he graduated seventeen. He graduated, so he's in four, fourth, fourth year. year. Yeah, but he's already got six six medals, six so. medals, one of them, seven, one of them right? There. Yeah, seven. Oh medals. yeah. Whoops, sorry, forgot sorry. about a medal. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. One medal. Well, you win one every year. One medal was hiding behind other six. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so yeah, this is fun. I think, I think towards the, maybe on the lower side, it probably won't be changed. So here's the reason why I won't be changing much on the lower side of this, this top 100 is because the guys who are on the team right now are likely going to stay on the team. So they're probably just going to jockey positions um, because you got, you got to imagine of the team right now, um, at least five of them are on the list but i wouldn't be shocked if the number's higher um so and those five are likely to stay on the team for at least a little bit yeah so their their stature will change you know if if david kyle kyle add another olympic title or add an olympic title in in kade's case i mean that that's obviously gonna bolster their their status all the more yeah um yeah and you know and burroughs his uh you know, we're not saying where he is or isn't, or if he can get better or worse or whatever. But he's obviously yeah. number one or two, Christian. Is it obvious? I'll, I will. Yes, confir- it's obvious. It's I will obvious. Con- I'll confirm he's on the list. If you guys have Jordan Burroughs anywhere besides number one or number two, your list is stupid. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. You might see him in All episode right. one, Ben. Maybe he's ninety-three. I'm I mean, not, I'm not, he might I be ninety-three. I'm not tipping I don't my think hand. So. You're not gonna get it out of me, Ben. Is it cold there? How cold? Are you just uh, hard? It's not bad. You know, I got the sun coming in from this side on the porch, but uh, we had a lot of frost on the ground this morning. I could, oh, if you want, I, I might have to swipe off, but I can give you an exact temperature reading if you want okay. me to. Perfect. Okay. An aspirin. There we go. <laughs> we can't see oh, you anymore. I'm fine. So I guess the, the exact temperature right now is only 25 degrees. Okay. It doesn't feel like 25, though. It's way, it feels way nicer than that. It looks sunny, I, but I don't think you're supposed to go outside in the cold with wet hair. The, at least that's according to all moms in yeah, the world. It's a mom thing. Is that a fake thing? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm a savage. It's all right. Well, you were you literally left the show yesterday vomiting, so I don't know. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I, your health is of concern to me. No, I'm great. I'm doing great. You said that you. What if my internet's working again? I should. I, mean, I wish I had. I needed like a tech producer to go check my internet so I can maybe go back downstairs. How's your how's, since you're outside? How's your groundhog situation going? Have you had to um, eliminate uh, any more? We we eliminated I think five this year. I think there's still a few that exist. Yeah, this golf course come along. I I planted some grass. There was large chunks of stuff where I cut stuff down. And we uh, my buddy worked on it and we planted a bunch of grass. Hopefully that'll grow next spring. Um, I had this really you'll hear my really stupid idea. Love them. Well, I want to make a waterfall. You know, like the miniature golf course with the waterfalls. Yeah, I got this one hole that goes straight up the hill. And it's got buckthorn, and I need the buckthorn because I need I need boundaries on the hole essentially, right, to make it harder. Right. But buckthorn sucks. I want to cut down. I want to make some waterfalls going down there. I what do you think about idea. that? That's a great idea. I you should get a windmill. 
You know, if we're gonna get you know, that's actually not a bad idea. Windmill would be kind of fun. And then maybe you could power your house with it. And a clown's a... mouth. <laughs> the clown's mouth. <laughs> the, no one's made a, di a disc golf course that incorporated the the fun of miniature golf. Disc golf would explode if there was, you know, there's not a pirate themed ones for point. one. I mean, I haven't seen a pirate themed disc golf course yet. <laughs> All right, that would be funny. We're we're more off the rails than usual. Yeah, but th that's okay. So that's uh, uh, I'm out here in 25 degrees. I'm sacrificing for you guys, the wrestling fans. Well, we appreciate it. We are we are certainly appreciative of that. Uh, now. <laughs> Let's talk a little, David, give us a little bit of a U23s update. How are we doing? I think we got two in the semis, according to you. Yes, yeah, so Emily Shilson is in the semis, as is Kylie Welker. We have, a, a, I think, a pretty good chance that we'll get some uh, some other wrestlers pulled back in. Um, Olivia Fisk lost to Kumba LaRock, who's, I, I don't know how she's still at U23s. Yeah. Uh, but she's got a win over Tamira, so I think there's a good chance David, she wins I don't the know. semis. They, they lie about, the international people lie about their age. I don't know if anyone told you. The French. The especially. French? Um, I thought we could trust, them. can we not trust the French? Not all, hey, not in the USA, baby. So, so that's, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a really good, good situation for Team USA. And, and, these two women in particular, Shilson and Welker, they they're part of that group that won't, that was on multiple world teams this year. Both were junior world champs and yeah. now trying to repeat at the U23 level. Kylie Welker was on a senior world team this year as well. So um, that's you know good sign for USA and and both were really dominant in their quarterfinals. So hopefully get it done in the semis, which are going to be starting a little bit later on. The amount of experience those those two have been able to have this. I mean, Shilson's been on every team since Nam. And now Kylie, she's made what three three age level team three teams two and one of them being senior. Um, we're gonna see the dividends of that down the road for sure. So good luck to them in their semis. Hope they bring home two titles for Team USA. Yeah, on the Greco side of things, Taylor Lamont was fifth. He was you know he lost in the bronze medal match, so um, still some work to do in Greco. But uh, but the women are are steering the ship in the right direction, yeah. which is a good thing. Heck yeah, they are. Okay, want to get to some. Uh, questions tomorrow we'll talk more d1 preview stuff today was was pretty mendez focused hey, christian we've been getting badgered on twitter well i know we want to talk about the 64 man bracket but we also get badgered about picking our 10 ncaa champions so mm. um i was maybe, waiting until march for that. that or what do you think tomorrow yeah let's do that uh, let's talk about the 64 man bracket though um it's dumb it is it is a terrible idea. So someone asked why they're because wrestling's improving, I guess, at the college level, why not make it sixteen or sixty four? And I I don't well Ben, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean it's the the simplicity of it is that there's really only eighty division one teams, so we're talking about qualifying eighty percent of the athletes. That's absurd. I mean, um, and then I guess the second part of that being absurd is you know, with you, obviously you only add one more round, but in essence, you add two times the matches with one more round because well, you guys can do the math yourselves. It's, it's almost, it's not quite twice as many, but it's really close. Um, so I think it's unnecessary. We have qualification tournaments there at this point, it's about as fair as it gets. And I just don't think there's any reason to add more. I would actually eliminate 33. I think the 33 annoys the shit out of me. I would go 32. You know what I would do? I I I'd, I'd, I'd reduce it even more. Too many. How there's far? too. I think there's too many. 
you know what? You know what's going to get people a little more bought in on regular season and not sitting out and being a little selective with their schedule? Mm, that's a good point. You pair that sucker down to 16, it's a different thing. Now, that really changes the All-American thing because basically the top half. But I think if it were smaller, I think it would have a lot of positive benefits. Um, it would have I some think ne- about that. It's a good point. It would have some negative benefits as well, but I mean, it's, it, it depends on what you want. Do you want a do you want a three day season or do you want a year long season where it all really matters? You look at the importance of the the college football playoff, right? And like every game matters, yeah. and yeah. we don't have that in wrestling at this point because kind of everyone, anyone that's pretty decent, pretty much gets in. There's some really good good kids that get left out. I'm not trying to say that. Some of the 34th, 35th best guys, and I know the, the first thing people could say, what about this unseated guy that made this run and did this thing? And that? Yeah, I was like, why is she number 33 All-American? He would, yeah. That, he, was, he was 34. 34, yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That yeah, happens. 16 seems kind of small, Christian, but why I agree. Have, maybe, obviously, if you did a 24, you'd have Vershaw buys for all the – so I actually really liked um, – I would love, and I, I know it's kind of unrealistic, but I'm just telling you what I would love. I would love some type of uh, qualifier system um, where you you do the regionals, so they're more they're more systematized, right? Because right now with with a couple of the conferences, you have the winners going for sure, and lots of times the winners in in some of those conferences aren't in the top 33, right? So, you, so you're getting. Um, people in who maybe shouldn't be in, which then eliminates someone who should be in, right? So if you went to more of a qualifier system where it's, you know, eight regionals or whatever, and then you take, you take the top three, something to that effect. If, if this field got expanded to 64, it would make conference weekend almost irrelevant. And I like that. Irrelevant. Yes. I like that conference weekend is, is must watch wrestling. I like that you, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to figure out at, you know, for a smaller conference, who's going to win. Like those finals really matter in the SOCON or in small conferences. And then in, you know, the, the bigger, you know, the big 10, big 12, it's like you have really, really important wrestling to happen. Not just because the action is going to be good because there's something really at stake. I like that. The thing like reducing it to 16 is interesting to think about. We have, a version of that in wrestling. It's the Olympics. The thing that makes the Olympics so cool is that you have a very pared down field, but it's only once every four years. So we know how good the field is because we have guys winning world titles and world medals at 10 weight classes and, and fields that are as big as, you know, as, as many people as want to show up. Uh, but then once every four years, we get it really pared down. And if there was a way to accomplish something like that in the NCAA, not to every four years is smaller, but like to know how good these guys are. And then, okay, now they're in this super bracket of 16. Um, that would be super cool. But if, if, if you don't ever know that the, the 18th through 30th best guys or, you know, whatever, yeah. 17th through whatever are good, then it's, it can be, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if we, we would be able to recognize just well, how good that is. Yeah. I mean, to, to Christian's point, I really liked his point where, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will say the regular season stuff doesn't matter because, to your point, Christian, uh, also another point is that everyone who's pretty good qualifies to, for the most extent, right? There's a way There's a way to get in there if you're relatively good. And so, yes, if you went to 16, it would make the regular season matter a whole lot more because you're, you're you know, you're going to have to have a pretty good regular season in order to get in at the end. Yes. Um, so, Which yeah, I, I, like. I know – I know there's definitely some negative 
potential consequences of that, no doubt. But yeah, of I, course, you know, injuries, illness, that type of stuff. And then, um, you know, that's going to really affect it. But yeah, I think it probably, I think it likely would have probably more positive than negative consequences. Yes, I, I agree. You know, in NCAA basketball, they have 353 teams and they have a 68 uh, team field, which is pretty enormous, but that's 20%. only 20%. That's at twenty percent, whereas we have like forty percent uh, in ours, yes. thirty-three out of around eighty or so. So 80. it's it's pretty big. And then you think of the college football playoff is four out of however many hundreds of, of teams there are. There's only one hundred twenty in the in that division. There's another division one though, right? There's division one with like FCS, yeah, like whatever you call it, James Madison and William and Mary. Other yeah. fine uh, institutions in Virginia. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Next up with the questions. We don't know about Drew Hildebrandt. So, but if you I do. I sent him a message. He did not respond. Yeah, he's off the gram. He's uh, I can check again. Let me check. Let me check one more check time. Check right now. Make sure we, we got a real-time update. <laughs> we know every time Ben leaves his uh, his app, what's going on. Ben Askren's green pops up. You the, know something. There it is. That's nope. how you know it. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. That's okay. Well, the real Avery Lynch really wants to know where we would have got an NIL deal if we had the opportunity, which I don't even know how to answer that. But I, I think I know how Ben's going to answer. He had the opportunity. What uh, what am I gonna answer? What what are you uh saying a hair deal or uh you know I tried to get Pantene Pro V to sponsor me but they're dicks they wouldn't sponsor me, um <laughs> so I probably went with like a disc golf or uh well Bitcoin didn't exist then so I couldn't go with Bitcoin so we'll go we'll go with disc golf. Does Bitcoin sponsor people? No, I mean Bitcoin is not a company or anything so no but like you know someone w- within the ecosystem an exchange or something to that effect. Maybe Dogecoin hops on board. They're they're yeah, Bitcoin Dogecoin. billboards in Austin. Huh? You see those Bitcoin billboards around Austin? Yeah. Drive by one 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 billboard, Bitcoin. Next one, the lawyer who rocks. You yeah. Oh we'll yeah, we'll bring <laughs> the picture of the lawyer who rocks. He's got dreads. I'd really want him to represent me in the court of law. Uh okay, question for Ben. When is the Lex Friedman episode with Ben dropping? He told me like three weeks, but now it's definitely been more than three weeks. So I don't know. He's busy. I don't want to bug him. He's trying to make robots to change the world. I'm not going to harass him about what my podcast episode's going to drop. He makes robots? Yeah, that's what he does. He's, uh, um, I know he does AI. Uh, with, but Yeah, he's trying to make robots that are your, your personal assistants at your house. No, I yes. don't want that. No, thank you. You want robots? <laughs> you don't have to buy it. It's not, uh, not going to be government mandated that you get it to give his company an unfair advantage. What if the, ro- what if the robots mandate it? And they become oh, the government. At that point, we're screwed. Hopefully, we've gone to Mars already via Elon Musk's uh, spacecrafts. Listen, why would we want to go to Mars? There's no, you can't do anything on Mars. You think there's disc golf on Mars? You can't do anything there fun be. there. You never, you never know. Have no, there's not. There? There's, there's have science. Have you ever been to ever? Yeah, I could say I could play that game with you, Ben. There's a lot of places you haven't <laughs> go, but you know there's things that exist. Have you ever been to Mariana's Trench? Does it? How do you know it exists? There's, there's not disc golf there. I, I checked it out. I tried. <laughs> There's more likely to be disc golf in Mariana's Trench than on Mars. Or is there? Or is there? I don't know. I don't want I listen. Count me out for Mars. If there's a sign up list, don't wait for me. The piles are staying on Earth. That's the last trip you make. How long does it take to get there? 
I don't know. I mean, it's a direct flight, but even still. Yeah. So, Christian, if AI takes over, where the heck you hiding at? Why do I have to listen? Why would um? Yeah, I'm not. That's it. It's over for me. I'm not gonna be able to hide. You're not gonna be able to hide from the robots. Got it. I'm going to the Shenandoah Valley. That's where I'm going. There's I know no those, robots there. I know those. Yeah, you're right. There's no hollers. There's some hollers there. I can maybe hide in. Um, okay. Let's see other questions here before we bid you all adieu. I think that's it. Um, that's one, it. One more perusal. One more perusal. Um, uh, I'm excited because you know what I'm really excited for. We actually have college opens uh, this weekend, yes. so there's gonna be a lot of wrestling going on. Yeah. So I think we need to do two things. Tomorrow we're gonna pick our NCAA champions, and tomorrow we're also going to do Tuesday headlines. Yeah. We need to bring that back. Um, Tuesday had we got to, we got to bring it back. It was great. Um, so one of the questions was about NCAA champion predictions. Those are coming tomorrow, and I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because I got to do it. Um, next up, um, the, apparently Kyle Snyder's going to wrestle in Dagestan. I haven't. I heard about this. Uh, and maybe I think a couple, a couple Nittany Lion guys. I'm not sure. I have the sources from Russia, not America, so I don't know the full. Yeah, I, Detail I there. guess what do you it's mean? not on what? the UWW schedules, what I heard, so I don't even know what the heck tournament it is. You mean he's going to a tournament or he's going to the Dagestan RTC? He's going to be. No, he's going to a, tur a tournament. A tournament. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to train there. Or, I mean, maybe he goes there and trains for a little bit, but I think there's a competition. Um, better known as Uma Karnofsky. Oh, so, of course. As we all know. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, obviously. All right. Man, great show. So awesome to have Jesse Mendez on. Big deal. Um, Going to make for an exciting collegiate future there for Ohio State. And, yeah, a little shift in the balance of power maybe. Cool stuff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to Ben for making it work. Massive Jeez. quick recovery in the great outdoors in the Wisconsin wilderness. Wisconsin wilderness. Go, baby. He's the man. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Yeah. There, there goes Ben. Thank you to you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow, which is Thursday. We got a big D1 heavy show. Make sure you check it out. Thanks so much. Happy Wednesday. Thank you again to Jesse. Congrats, Ohio State and Jesse. Goodbye. <laughs>